Hi, I'm Rachel Monteleone and welcome to Kittypedia, the podcast. I'm not an expert. However, I do speak with them with the view of providing you with expert information and advice to help you be the best parent that you can be. Together, let's give children the life they deserve and a positive future. Hello and welcome. While the COVID-19 crisis is having an alarming effect on Australians' mental health, as we know, and there's new research out by the University of Melbourne that has found that reporting high levels of mental distress across the general population has actually doubled since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, which is incredible. Now, there is an especially worrying trend emerging for a large and important subgroup of Australians, and that being parents. And it's a very profound moment when we realise nearly four in five, I'll say that again, four in five Australians say their mental health has deteriorated since the COVID-19 pandemic began. Now, this is something that affected and is affecting almost all of us in varying forms and degrees, starting with just the feeling of overwhelm and exhaustion, which is what we're here to discuss today. So to do so, we welcome our special guest, Tina Van Leuven, a life strategist with over 30 years experience. Now, Tina is a joyful soul business coach, abundance mindset mentor, and international best-selling author who knows how to activate your joy spot for abundant living. Thank you for joining us today, Tina. How are you? so great to be here Rachel wow <laughs> thank awesome. you for joining us <laughs> and you can so just tell by your, your beautiful vibrant life you're passionate about helping others experience more joy joy in every aspect of their life which is something that we all need more of in our lives right now um, and as I was just mentioning the University of Melbourne's research um, that I referenced earlier um, they highlight that among our women, Mothers used to be um, ha- or used to have better mental health than childless women. Now um, they've actually lost that advantage, and overall, mothers uh, are no- no- noticeably worse off than women without children. So, in your experience as a coach, I'd love to know what stra- strategies have you applied to help um, minimise um, the level of stress that mothers have, uh, and in 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 particular, how to support them in challenging situations like we're in at the moment? Yeah, that's such a great question. And there's so many layers to it. I think one of the key things is that women in general have been brought up through the generations to play the role of being the giver and to give, 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 and to give and give and give some more. And then (laughs) feeling really guilty if making yourself priority number one, filling your own cup. And I think even though getting that rationally, mentally, logically, that you've got to put on your own oxygen mask first, you know, we've all been on the plane, um, to actually apply that in everyday life brings up a lot of cultural and social conditioning and um, a lot of um, obligation energy that will keep that old pattern and that old role being played out of putting everybody else first before it's your turn. And so I've found over the years, I said it's many of the mums especially that I coach, um, that they find it very difficult to schedule time out for themselves 
oftentimes because underneath that runs this perfectionist program that wants to do it all right. It's got to be all done right, according to who knows, you know, but it's got to be all right. <laughs> and that sets this all or nothing program in place. And so saying, oh, if I can only have five minutes for me when I really ought to have an hour, what's the point? I'll do it later. And so it gets postponed. And my shift in perspective on that, an invitation or the challenge, if you like, to play with that I extend to uh, women is to say, you know what, give yourself even just one minute of consciously breathing, breathe in peace and breathe out all the stress, breathe in light and breathe out all the stress, breathe in love, breathe in support and breathe out all the stress. And it may sound so simple, that's what I love about all of this. The stuff that works is really simple, but we just have to remind ourselves to do it. So yes. one minute of consciously breathing with intention and then maybe shrugging your body, you know, moving your shoulders, ditching it all and going, oh, okay, recharge time. Fantastic. And, you know, as we just mentioned earlier, the parents' mental distress has soared throughout the COVID-19 crisis and especially concerning is the mental health of fathers and that pre-COVID-19 fathers were um, a lot less vulnerable. Um, but now um, throughout the pandemic, they are one of the most uh, distressed groups. So in your opinion, um, I'd love to know, and why do you think that it is vitally important that we bring to light, um, I guess, the mental distress that fathers are, are under at the moment, considering that they ha have typically not necessarily been in one of the more higher vulnerable um, sort of groups previously. Yeah, that's really interesting, isn't it? And it, I think one of the key things there, again, it's I feel like this time that we are in is about really balancing the masculine and feminine energy. And that doesn't mean the balance between men and women. No, we all have feminine and masculine energy. And I think the masculine energy has been so revered uh, throughout the ages that the feminine energy has been forgotten or suppressed or invalidated. And I think that with a lot of men lately, you know, having been brought up to have to be the provider with many of many families experiencing layoffs or, or a temporary reduction in income and not being able to keep providing for the family in the way that that was the case before. Mm -hmm. It can place tremendous stress emotionally and mentally and physically on relationships and on, I think, men in particular finding it difficult to not be the strong one. And so having to realize that also in being in close proximity, I think especially places, you know, with it's crazy lockdown measures in place in some parts here in Australia, definitely, that all of a sudden, if you're used to being out and about, and all of a sudden you are finding yourself confined in the same four walls with the people that you love, yet you do not have your, your time for yourself, it's going to stir up emotions that have been suppressed, stress tends to bring up, especially when it's survival stuff connected, all to do with you know, that triggered by money, 
Um, it will tend to trigger up all kinds of fears and stuff that may not have been necessary to talk about before because it was able, you know, to get distracted by going away. Now it's like, Jesus, there's no place to hide and it's in your face and what do you do with it, you know? <laughs> so I think this is having to, having to get comfortable with being uncomfortable not knowing letting go of wanting to control whatever's happening because it just ain't happening. And yet in that space, be realizing, wow, what becomes possible if you say, wow, you know, I'm feeling really, really um, scared right now. I'm feeling like I'm not being able to live up to what is important for me to provide in the family right now. Um, I'm, you know, whatever it is, to be able to talk about that and to actually start connecting with those feminine qualities of really opening the heart and bringing what's in the heart to the mind. So we get heart medicine to the mind with all the stress and the mental health issues, bringing heart medicine to that, realizing you are beautiful, magnificent as you are. All those stories of the monkey mind create stress on your body. Take a deep breath let it go and let's see what is possible without all of that. I think it's a real, and for many men have not been used to having heart soul conversations. Absolutely. Great advice. Thank you for sharing that with us. Now, um, following on from that, we published your article and the title is feeling exhausted. Now for someone who hasn't read the article yet, can you please tell us what it's about and also what inspired you to, to write it? Yeah. And thank you for publishing it. It's such a joy to be part of what the beautiful platform that you have and all the amazingness you're sharing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's really offering self-care tips. I'm very passionate about supporting others with realizing that you've got everything you require to thrive right here, right now, right inside you. You don't have to go looking outside yourself for it. It's right inside you. But sometimes we need a few little reminders of what's available. And I call it, you know, like changing the channel. If you're tuned into all the, the stress and the fear that's being broadcast with all the COVID stories, it would be really easy to get um, sucked into that. And yet there are some very simple things that you can do to really take care of yourself. Because at the end of the day, if you have your cup filled, and we get that up here, but it's about getting it in the body. When your cup is filled and you are, you are feeling good about where you are and who you are and what you're, what you're doing, yeah. then you're giving and whatever you're sharing with others is going to feel good. When you are completely worn out and exhausted and running on empty, it's like driving your car on, on, and the red light is flashing. You've got to stop for fuel. And in, you're in that space and feeling really stressed out. You get irritable. You get cranky. And it's like arguments. You blow up. When afterwards you go, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, my God, I didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, we just have to fill up. So that's what inspired me to write that. And, of course, we'll have a link in the show notes for everyone to, to read your beautiful article. Um, and thank you for allowing us to publish that for you. Now, you were an international flight attendant during 9-11. That must have been an incredible experience. And you know all about the importance of putting your ox oxygen mask on um, before helping anybody else and not just at three thirty-five thousand 35,000 feet. <laughs> um, 
would love to know initially, what did you learn from working during that highly stressful time that is uh, applicable to living through this pandemic at the moment now? Yeah, you know, one of the things that was really interesting, I was with United Airlines, so they were one of the airlines that were affected. And yeah, it hit really close to home. And I think that that's the thing, tying that over to how that's relevant to today with COVID is that, wow, the the 9-11 affected quite a lot of people, but not everybody. And I think that right now everyone is affected by COVID. Mm -hmm. What 9-11 stirred up was really... You know, questioning, my God, if this can ha- question, how safe am I in this world? So I know Einstein has a saying, you know, your life depends on how you answer the following question. Do you believe that you live in a safe world or an unsafe world? And when you are experiencing everything falling apart and it's, it's really, really addressing safety survival, physical survival, then all your unconscious programming gets activated. Fears, doubts, um, God, anxiety can come up. That's a lot of it's not even yours, but that stuff, you know, we hold on to and it can, when it triggers off this fight or flight response, the survival system, stress response or the freeze response. And when emotions are trapped, if you're in an experience like 9-11 or isn't happening with COVID, many people have all of a sudden, out of the blue, everything changed just like that. So 9-11 changed the whole experience of travel. It totally changed. And it was like going to the airport questioning, you know, my God, am I going to get off on the other side of this plane alive or am I going to be blown up? It's like a real fear. And in today's situation with Corona, I think a lot of people all of a sudden from one day to the next, their livelihood, their source of livelihood dropped away. So many in the airline industry have lost their jobs and it's like, wow, from one day to the next. So when these things are happening, I think it really brings up a lot of the survival emotions, the trauma, the shock experiences that you may have experienced earlier on in your life, but were not able to address. You didn't have the tools or resources to address it. And what happens then is that that shock or that trauma literally gets embedded in your physical body, memory, and also in your energy field. And it's like ice cubes that are waiting for an opportunity to be dissolved, to be melted. And what melts those is the light that you are. It's literally turning on the light inside, which you do by opening up your heart and allowing that light to come out. So when I was going through the experience after the first flight out of 9-11, being on a plane and I was doing the announcements and everything, you know, and it's like, throw the book away. Let me just speak from my heart to 400 people on the plane saying, wow, we've just gone through a traumatic experience. I know we're all terrified um, about the possibilities of what could happen. And really, the only thing that we've got going for us right now is if we stick together. Turn to your neighbor and ask, how are you? What can I support you with right now? And people were in tears And I had a passenger many months later on that I was on a flight with again who said, my God, I remember you. You spoke those words on that flight and it changed my life. And it's like, wow. And I feel like in today's circumstances, it's really an invitation to reach out and ask, you know, 
you're in, you're in Victoria, so total lockdown as we are speaking at the moment. But even if anyone's listening to this at another time when all this has passed, it's still going to be relevant to say, don't wait until a crisis happens to, to reach out to each other, to find out how can we support each other? What can I be for you? What can I give to you? Sometimes just a loving smile or a listening ear or dropping some food off or whatever it is, what we have so much that we can contribute to each other that makes this world a beautiful place to be in and where when we come together and go, wow, what are you good at? What am I good at? Let's bring all these skills and talents together and create something amazing where everyone can thrive. I feel that is one of the things that I really learned from that experience in 9-11 and then again and where we are now, realizing the importance of taking time out to take really good care of not just my physical body, but I meditate, I go spend time in nature, I go hug the animals, uh, stop and actually smell the roses as I'm on my walks and see beautiful flowers and just appreciate how much beauty there is in the world. And that nourishes and soothes my soul and sustains me when there is so much madness going on in the world around us. Beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Um, and it is just a matter of also just perspective, I think, and shifting that mindset, which can happen in the click of a finger um, also. And I'd love to know, is there anything else that you've learnt um, throughout your career about balancing your physical, emotional and mental well-being to keep your cup filled? And um, with this, what does joy have to do with all of this as well? Yeah, well, yeah, I think I always jokingly say to people, if, if, if Earth is a, um, a school, you know, let's say we enroll in a curriculum, <laughs> then I think my curriculum that I signed up for was to overcome the fear of rejection. And so that involved having to become an excellent people pleaser because, you know, not wanting to say no or <laughs> have, to, have to deal with all of that, the disappointments of others. And having you know, obviously made great uh, quality for being very nurturing and caring and being pleasant. And having to unlearn all of that and realizing that, wow, you know what, at the end of the day, if I am saying yes to something that's being asked of me, that does not feel good to me, mm -hmm. that really, if I really felt courageous and honest and really were being authentic, I'd say no to, or the other way around, then I'm not being a contribution to anybody in the world. And even if I might disappoint someone by saying no, ultimately I am going to be creating more space and honesty between us. And I think that that's something that realizing that, wow, if you are feeling stressed out and you're exhausted and you keep pushing yourself, I learned that after a long flight, I'd have days, you know, when you do international flights where I'd be awake for nearly 20 hours. I mean, oh my God, my face was made up. You wouldn't tell from the outside, but on the inside, I was like, how am I possibly going to keep going? Exhausted to the point of feeling burnt out. I learned that going shopping or making important decisions at such times, not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> I'd always wake up the next morning and go, what the heck did I buy that for? Go back to the store to return. Important decisions, don't make them when you're exhausted. 
So take time out to find out what is it that recharges you, what fills your cup. And if you are in, in for many couples, it's challenging, especially when you have kids, to find that space, even if it's, I say sometimes to my clients, if the only space where you can have some quiet for a couple of minutes is the toilet, then go to the toilet and let that, that be the space. <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so taking the time out to really just replenish yourself, take care of yourself. And what joy has to do with that? Well, I have not yet encountered anyone who at the end of their life says, I wish that I had experienced more misery in my life. I'd say pretty much everyone would love to be able to say, I, you know, I, I would love to say, wow, I experienced so much joy. I experienced peace. I experienced love. I experienced the joy of being able to give and to share and to, to just you know, really celebrate being on this beautiful planet. So find out what lights you up, what is fun for you, and then bring more of that into taking care of your body, into what is fun for you in your relationships? What is fun for you in your business, in your career? What is fun for you? Even bringing that joy into talking about money and playing with the energy of money. It's just a total game changer. Yeah, lockdown has been a wonderful time, I think, for everyone to take the time to understand themselves and know thyself a lot better um, and becoming acquainted with ourselves in the sense of not being busy with being busy. It's just being still and being in, in our own thoughts, um, which is probably up until now quite foreign for a lot of people. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity to be able to understand more about yourself. What What is it that, that does sort of fill your cup up, that, that, that provides you with energy, that is going to be one of those things that you can look back at the end of our life and say, you know, I, I had some wonderful experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic. It wasn't all doom and gloom um, and yeah. it was quite strategic of me to have made some decisions to to change my perspective and my lens on what is happening and and turn it around to make it work for me not against me so but um i thank you for sharing that answer because it was it was wonderfully said so thank you now in tip number one in the article you mentioned that everyone has their own way of recharging which we were just talking about um do you have any suggestions discovering what may or may not work right now if people are trying to maybe understand a little bit more of how they can recharge themselves yeah well, you know what i found very very interesting it's like with all i mean honestly i think covid has changed the way life is on this planet and there is no going back to how it was before thank Business goodness usual. yeah i know right <laughs> but saying that though even though yeah we're in mega times of transformation transition that means that a lot of stuff that used to work is crumbling and falling down and it is really uncomfortable when you're in that, it's like going through a renovation. Oh, gosh, you know. Anyway, amidst all of that, why I'm sharing that is saying that, wow, what used to recharge you may not necessarily recharge you anymore, or it may not necessarily be as effective anymore as what used to. So I would say, you know, make a list of like 10, 20, 30, or maybe more things. Ask your friends what lights them up, what fills them up. Maybe it's meditation. Meditation can be moving meditation. It can be sitting meditation. It can be so many forms of that. But just bringing some 
quiet time into your day and to fill your cup. I call it going into your heart and letting your, the energy from your heart just flow through and fill every cell in your body until you feel every cell in your body smiling. And you can just imagine that as that light goes through and those cells are smiling, everything is in communication, your whole body is being optimized, and, ah, and all the crap is being sent off to the divine laundry service to be cleared. Oh, I love that. The divine laundry service. Oh, I'm going to have to use that. Thank you. Can I borrow that again, again in the future? Please. Yeah. (laughs) It works 24 seven and it's brilliant for so many things. So anyway, you just imagine that all of that's happening. And as you take time out for that on a regular basis, realizing that, wow, um, you know, feel into this moment, what would be fun for me right now? If you find out what's fun for you and you allow yourself to experience that, that will fill your cup faster than anything else. It may be watching a funny movie is what you are drawn to to fill your cup. It may be going out in nature. It may be reading a book. It may be um, cuddling up with uh, the one that you love. One of the things that I shared years ago with clients and have had many a relationship transform over the years is it's so easy to get, if you're feeling stressed, to only see what you don't like or what's not working. And you start getting really annoyed, right? And that person that you really loved and is going to apply to yourself too. So you know, all the things that, that you maybe fell in love with that person uh, with, then there are certain things you just don't see them anymore. So to write a note, if something is annoying you, for every one thing, come up with five things that you appreciate. And I had a client of mine write this in a card and she started writing it after about seven days of writing all these things that she appreciated about her husband. Not only was she showing up feeling the love overflowing from her in, in the way she was showing up with him in a different way. She calls me one day. She goes, you won't believe what just happened. I said, what? My husband just told me, gave me a card. And um, in the card were all the things that he loves about me. And when I told him that I had just been starting this seven days before, they had started about the same time, him not realizing she was doing that. Totally reignited that flame, brought them close together. And, you know, if anyone and parents out there are single, then realizing you can do this for yourself too. You know, what are the things that you love and appreciate about you? Love yourself up. Give yourself a hug and see how amazing you are. You've made it this far. And you were born for these times and you have got what it takes to thrive. Yes, and the art of gratitude and appreciation is such a powerful thing. Um, and th- they're great examples of um, how, I guess, this can help families during this time. Mm-hmm. Would you suggest maybe even like a gratitude journal as well? I guess it's, it's a muscle, isn't it? The more that we use it, yeah. the stronger it becomes. Um, any other yeah. thoughts about that at all? Any other tips? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another really fun one is to create a joy jar or a gratitude jar or whatever it is you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And that every day that or that you ask if they have kids, ask the kids, ask your partner, whoever, if something beautiful has happened, to write it on a little piece of paper and to drop it in that jar. And then once a week, the jar gets tipped over and everybody takes a turn reading what was shared. It's such a beautiful way to bring awareness of expressing our appreciation because so often in I've seen this happen over and over again we take each other for granted and unless you consciously take time out to actually appreciate and express that appreciation um, 
yeah, it's really easy to forget that. So that's another fun way to do that. And, and at the start of the day, you could say, you know, let's say that you're feeling really stressed out right now. And you're like, oh, my God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. Instead of saying, how am I going to get through this? Say, feel like, what is it that you would like to feel more of? What's a quality that you would like to feel more of? Maybe it's clarity. Maybe it's peace. Maybe it's ease. Maybe it's harmony. Whatever it is. Then you go, wow, what will it take for me to experience more of that quality today? And then at the end of the day, you look back and go, wow, all the way places where you may have experienced that. And you write, it works. You, you know, you express your appreciation for having set your intention that morning and now celebrating what actually has gone well in your day. I always think, well, if you don't ask, you never receive. So you have to set your intention about what you want. People in general, yeah. we all can sometimes be a bit grumbly and complain about things that we don't have in our lives. But the question is, have you really set your intention and, and sent your thoughts out and asked clearly, can I please have this in my life right now? <laughs> it's something that is so simple yet so many of us don't do. And when we are grateful to begin with, I start my day um, by being grateful for three things and then asking for three things. I have this bracelet, <laughs> funny enough, it's in front of me, um, but um, my partner gave it to me, but I always ensure that I, I wear this and have it around me because this is a, a pure reminder that you need to ask for help. You need to ask for things in your life because if you don't ask for things, how can you expect that they're miraculously just going to turn up? So start with being grateful, being thankful for what you have in your life. And then, and I mean, for me, I, I'm grateful for three things, three new things every day. Um, but then I ask for three things because that way it actually does clear the, um, the opportunity and, and invite, inviting those things into, into your life. I don't know. What are your thoughts? Do you think I'm nuts? <laughs> no, love, that's beautiful. That's just another way of saying, you know, what is it that you, the quality that you like to experience? What will it take? If you're clear already what that is, then you set that intention by intention is like placing an order with them. Um, you put an order on Amazon. Catalog of life, you know, the universe. Exactly, right? The universal warehouse. And they, they received the, the, the request and they get busy on getting this all uh, sorted out. That's why I'm very much about essence manifesting. It's about getting into the essence of what it is that you are asking for. You know, sometimes people say, oh, if, if I have the x amount of money or once i have the car or the home or the what then i'll be happy then i'll be at peace well tell you what that's outside in creation if you tune in and ask for what what will it take for me to experience more peace today what will it take for me to experience more gratitude today what will it take for me to experience more joy today and then be open to allowing the universe to deliver that to you in ways that are going to be beyond what your mind could even conceive. And you're going to be in for some delightful surprises along the way. It's really fun. Yeah. And you never quite know how it's going to be delivered, but just be open to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think consistently yeah. asking as well is another thing as well to consistently, consistently every day be asking for what it is that you want in your life as well yeah. because I think that you have to open yourself up to things being invited in now you talk yes. also and, sorry go continue <laughs> oh I just I just want to interject one little thing because it's so this runs so beautifully with where we started we're talking about you have to ask yes however for so many women finding it really difficult to ask for what it is that they want 
Mm-hmm. And partially because if you've grown up and, and we're told that it's not okay to ask, so you're to be seen but not heard, you know, what you ask for doesn't matter, or you have all the judgments that are placed on that can create a real fear of asking. And what that tends to do, also many of the women that I come across, and men will have this too, but have very empath- uh, strong empathy. And so they can sense what somebody else requires or is even thinking and pick up on that and then provide for them what it is that they are energetically asking for before they verbally asked it. And then unconsciously what happens there is that there is an expectation or a a wish or a hope that others are going to be able to pick up your unconscious asking as well so you don't have to verbally ask and give to you what you require and underneath all that is that fear of rejection so it's like asking for something you risk being rejected you risk being judged you risk being criticized so when you offer all of that up and just send that to the divine energy laundry you know just say okay clean all that stuff up and now what would i like to ask for asking is it is a real art to get comfortable with and then having to get clear on what is it if you have to ask you have to know what it is that you desire right that brings up a whole other stuff well that's why i had this bracelet because it's something that i wear almost every day and it's a reminder because we some days you can get busy uh and it, it, it's it's a ritual that i ha- have and i've got reminders around me here in my desk where i am every day um but it's something that at least I will wear and be a reminder if for whatever reason my day hasn't started with me, with my ritual of saying and being grateful for three th- three things and then asking for three things. It may be, uh, you know, later on in the morning or later after lunch Oh, and I'll see, oh, goodness, there's a reminder. It may be a watch. It may be a ring. It may be something that you have as a reminder for you to ensure that you are doing and, and following that practice every day as well. Yeah. But another thing I wanted to ask you, you speak about in the article about asking your body what it requires. Now, what are some of the questions to ask your body and, and how to train yourself to hear the answers as well? Yeah, so this is why so many of us have not learned how to communicate with our body and to actually listen and hear the wisdom that it shares with us. And I love when I first started exploring this, I was like, oh, this is really fun. You know, and they use the body. Your mind has to be incredibly well trained to overrun a lie detector test. But generally speaking, that response to the truth meter of your body. So your body recognizes truth. So when you ask your body, for example, if you're feeling tired, body, are you tired? You're feeling tired, body. Do you require rest? You'll get yes or no. Body, do you require nurturing? Do you require touching? Do you require a bath, a shower? Do you require any food? And then you can go into more specifics into each of those things as to what exactly might the body require. And where it takes practice is that sometimes the answers that we get um, are not what the mind <laughs> would like to hear, you know? So it's like, if, for example, you're, you're really, you got a lot on your, your to-do list and you want to get things on and you're pushing yourself and your body's actually saying, you know what, I need a rest right now. And the thought of going to lay down for um, a power nap in the middle of the day when the mind is going, do you have any idea how much more stuff you've got to do? And the mind tends to override the intuition. So your body talks to you, but it takes practice and training your intuition and trusting that. 
and start with small little steps. So you can just, you know, feel this very simple one. If you're feeling exhausted, okay. Is it physical body? Is Are you physically exhausted? Yes or no? Are you mentally? Are you, are you, yeah. yeah. Are you mentally exhausted? Are you, are you emotionally exhausted? Mm-hmm. What do you require? You know, and so getting into the habit of, just like if you have a child and the child is not feeling well, what would you ask your child? Ask your body that. So are you saying that when we do ask our body questions that we pretty much are given a yes or a no or black or a white type of answer, but it's the, the issue can be that we don't necessarily hear that clearly and it's about sort of training yourself to be able to identify those clear answers, yes or no, black or white type of answers. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's not so much black or white. It's more, it's a feeling state. So one way to Uh play with that, for example, is um, let's say that you are presented with an opportunity and it looks really good Mm -hmm. and yet everything in you starts contracting and you feel heavy and you're like, ooh. And so even though it looks really inviting and tempting, yet your body is going into contraction. Then you ask, okay, is Sometimes that is that can be fear. It can be, um, you know, because if something is being presented to you, that's going to provide expansion for you, and it's going to stretch you outside your comfort zone. Then the body can go, oh no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> but generally speaking, you can play with things like: does something make you feel heavy, or does it make you feel light? And if you receive, and we all know what it feels like to be with somebody and you just light up and everything feels lighter. That's what that feels like. You also know what it feels like to walk into a room where you know people have just argued and they're not saying it, but you can just feel it because everything feels like contracted and it's just, that's that contracted feeling. So when you get in the habit of asking the body, okay, does this make me feel heavy or does this make me feel light? You're going to get your own truth barometer Mm-hmm. And then it's a question of getting um, trusting that. And sometimes, if something isn't either this or that, doesn't really matter. You know, either way is going to give you different experience. And then to go with that and know that you can keep asking questions. So you let yourself be guided by what lights you up versus what contracts you, because your body knows. And and this comes from the. Um I guess the idea, which is the truth, that everything comes from one or two places, from either love or from from fear, and it, that fear contracts and that love expands. Um, so, is that what you're saying? That everything is one of those comes from one of those two places, and for us to listen to our bodies in how does that feel within our bodies before making that decision as to the next step? Yeah, yeah, and it's like it's like. The, um, we are made of light and we are light, then what resonates with light will feel light. And if you have something that doesn't resonate with your light, it will feel dark, it will feel heavy. Now, the interesting thing here is, is that what feels light for you may feel dark for somebody and heavy for somebody else. doesn't make it right or wrong. It's just that something either resonates with you or doesn't resonate. I think that that's part of the key practice of getting really clear on discerning, which is an art, discerning what resonates with you, which again, what what was fun for you yesterday may not resonate with you today at all. Uh-huh. So there's no, it's always this way. No, right in this moment, what feels light for me right now? Mm-hmm. Now, um, 
Now, in tip number four in the article, you share what may seem like a strange question. That being, and I'll I'll read it out, you know, who does this belong to? If it's not mine, return to sender. Now, can you please expand expand a little bit further on this now? (laughs) Yeah, so I always think of Elvis, you know, (laughs) just address unknown, return to sender. Yeah, you don't have to know who belongs to. So have you ever had um, that you're feeling pretty good and then all of a sudden, you, you feel contracted or you feel sad or you feel really, you feel confused or you suddenly start doubting yourself. Are you just not feeling so? Or suddenly you're really exhausted. Have you ever had that happen? Mm-hmm. So then the thing in that moment is to ask, okay, oh, interesting. When you notice it, you go, oh, that's really interesting. And when you ask, who does this belong to? Is this even mine? We are like sponges that can collect a lot of stuff that's flying around other people's thoughts and their emotions and everything that's in the ethers and when you pick this stuff up and you don't question whether it's yours or someone else's Uh then you start to think it is actually yours and when you ask this question you go whoa i'm suddenly feeling it's really easy to do if you're suddenly feeling a shift in your um in your energy and say you're suddenly feeling really tired. Oh, who does this exhaustion belong to? Is it even mine? <laughs> All the people feeling exhausted, so many people feeling depressed, so many people just at their wit's end. There is a lot of energy flying around. And if you don't know how to keep your energy clean, just clear, you know, just like having a physical, physically showering your body, if you don't energetically clear your energy field, and then that stuff gets in your body. So when you, uh, you take on stuff that's not yours. So when you say, well, if it's not mine, you'll feel light. And you say, return to center, you will instantly feel lighter. And if it is yours, if it doesn't shift, you go, okay, what is required here? Because sometimes if you're suddenly feeling really, you know, maybe insecure or you're, you're feeling confused or you're feeling tired, then you're going to, okay, like, well, if it is mine, then what is required here? Okay, maybe I require a rest. Maybe I require five minutes of just me time to recenter, to regroup, and to come back to me. And I would say to my clients often, you know, put a sign on the door, actually have an agreement in place, conversation with the family. When I have this sign on my door, unless the house is on fire or somebody's dying, do not disturb means do not disturb. I require this me time. Mm-hmm. And when you have that clarity in place and realizing that, wow, if you give yourself that me time and you come out fully recharged, you're lighter. You're going to be a heck of a lot more pleasurable to be around than if you're like <laughs> ready to whack somebody, you know, because it's like. <laughs> so this is about saying and understanding the energy that we feel in our body, be it positive, be it negative, um, especially in this instance, in a, in a negative sense, is having that conversation with yourself. Does this, is this my energy or is this something that I've absorbed from the ether or something that from a family friend tv radio from an external source if that's the case asking yourself the question is this mine or is this from an external source and if it is please return to sender let me just be aware and in control of what energy I actually have within my own body that I'm in control of is that what it is yeah you're literally saying Imagine for a moment, and this is a beautiful exercise to center yourself, but imagine that you are surrounded in a bubble of beautiful golden light. Golden light is incredibly 
um, alchemical in nature and it helps to transmute anything that doesn't resonate with your light. So imagine yourself in this beautiful bubble of golden light and let that bubble be as large or as small as is comfortable for you. And in that bubble of golden light, as you breathe in, you breathe in that golden light and as you breathe out, that golden light just amplifies around you so that you are held in this beautiful bubble of golden light and it's nourishing and it's nurturing you and it's fine-tuning you and it's optimizing your entire physical body, your emotional body, your mental body, your entire energy field. And it's like having a tuning fork and tuning it to being optimized. And you do that for a few minutes and then you give your energy field, your boundaries, your energetic boundaries, just like a cell has a membrane. You're giving your energetic boundaries permission and instruction to only allow in those energies, those frequencies those, you know, that resonate with your essence, with your light. And everything else is denied access returned to sender. So when you find yourself absorbing things or some maybe there was a little crack in there you know you haven't done your clearing for for a while and whoa you left the window open and now into this window comes a little bit of oh my god some negativity energy. or something yep <laughs> yeah exactly that's right. not mine that doesn't feel yeah. right exactly. send that one back <laughs> exactly return to sender and then you go okay let me just fill up with my light again and that golden light bubble is a very powerful very simple to do very effective um, energy balancer, yeah. And it's understanding with everything that's happening around the world at the moment, we still do have some control of our lives. We, we definitely have control of how we think, feel and can act and it's a matter of just doing the daily work and the way you just described the the bubble, um, I, I use that analogy quite often but you've so beautifully articulated how we can do that. So thank you for sharing that with mm. us today. Um, and just... Getting back, I guess, to some of the the major sources of uh, mental distress that families are feeling at the moment. We have, you know, financial stresses, um, of course, stresses caused by work-family conflict, um, which are happening uh, often and, and, and far too often in, in our daily lives at the moment. You know, many parents uh, have been feeling exhausted from all the extra stresses as a result of COVID, including money stresses. would love to know what your self-care um, p- prescription is for managing all of this added stress, uh, so just essentially so we can just thrive and not just survive throughout and beyond this COVID-19 era. Yeah, it's. I I think one of the things to remember, and it's ties in beautifully with when you were saying, "Wow, well, we do have control over what we choose to feel or think or where we focus our attention." Is have in mind like a remote control, like if you're watching TV and you can just change the channel. Absolutely, Tony Robbins channel, speaks it, about this a lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like I say, if you don't like what you're seeing or what you're experiencing, then know that you can change the channel. So changing the channel inside money tends to stir up a whole lot of emotional stuff. And, you know, I've coached hundreds, if not thousands of people over the years with transforming their relationship with money. And it's never about money. It's about what it stirs up inside and all the programming and all the conditioning. So the first thing is if you are experiencing money stress, it will bring up all the fear of not surviving, of not being good enough. It tends to be accompanied by a lot of shame, inadequacy, um, regrets, 
um, you know, you start going into, oh my God, I wish I had, you know, wishing that you'd made different choices, all of that kind of stuff. Also conditioning um, from our childhood also. Oh, absolutely. Like how did you, to, money has been a taboo subject for, for many. And so it's just not talked about. We don't talk about that, you know. So um, if that's how it was when growing up and you pick up unconsciously, especially as a child, you're incredibly sensitive to what's, what's being broadcast and you pick up all these beliefs Money generally has, if we were to look in people's unconscious databases, it's like looking in the dictionary, then for many people, the definition of money means lack, not enough. So we've got to get more. And when you have that unconscious definition in place that money equals lack and not enough, and yet everybody wants more money, then what they're really saying is I want more lack and I want more of not enough. Do we create more of that subconsciously in our mind? That's what we're putting out. Yes, it's like creating situations, opportunities to bring all that up to the surface. So I think for many experiencing this financial stress at the moment, it will bring up all, realize, first of all, that it's an incredibly intimate, emotional, deeply unconscious relationship that each of us has. And when you are wanting to have conversations with your partner about money it's about having setting aside actually time to bring up how do you feel about this getting your emotions about it on the table without judging or wanting to go and fix anything so first of all just giving permission to express how are you feeling about this mm-hmm. yeah? and if you are finding yourself in emotional financial stress at the moment like oh my god i don't know how we're going to pay the rent i don't know how we're going to pay the mortgage i don't know how we're going to pay for the school fees i don't know how how that's usually where the mind goes i don't know how wants to know how then get all of that out onto paper acknowledge them the feelings that you're having because they are real you're experiencing them and it will bring up the questioning of whether you are capable of transforming this in your life. So if you give each other space to express what all of this is stirring up for you, what are you stressed about, what is worrying you, what, are you, what is keeping you awake at night, let's just talk about this. If you're feeling not good enough or you're feeling insecure or you're feeling like, my God, is this, is life's not worth living like this. Okay, a lot of people have gone deep soul searching lately. Mm-hmm. And what is it? So you get, first of all, all the stuff that's stressing you out, get it out onto paper so you've got it there. And then you go, okay, it does require having a look at your actual, uh, what your, your expenses, what do you require to bring in to cover the basis? And you may find on the practical level that this may be an excellent opportunity to review some of the things, even policies, you know, insurance policies and stuff like that, uh, car insurances and things, or house insurance and all of that, maybe review the policies and see whether there are some other options available. I've had clients do this on a regular basis and save thousands of dollars when they either switched or called up the provider and said, wow, I've been doing a little research. I can see that I can get the same uh, coverage for this amount. Can you match it? And more often than not, they will. So it does. in order for you to create change there, you do need to know where you are. So get that stuff out in the open. And if you're finding that, wow, this is what we require and this is what we have, oh, there's a bit of a gap here. Okay, what will it take? 
when you find your mind going into how, you notice it and then you go, okay, what will it take? What will it take to change this? What will it take to bring this extra money in? What will it take to have all of these covered? What will it take for you to feel supported? Because it may sometimes be that if one person in the relationship is really stressed and is not speaking about it because there's a lot of shame or guilt or all of that emotion around it, then you ask, oh, what's, what's the matter? Nothing, I'm fine. Yeah, we all know that one. Uh, what's underneath that? Be willing to have an open conversation about that and then, re and then look to see how together you can find solutions that is going to be absolute game changer and one of the other things there i work with people's money archetypes and looking at your money personality and realizing that everyone has natural strengths and gifts when it comes to dealing with money and we also have our own natural challenges and if you are for example really comfortable you have a lot of optimism and feel like oh there's more where it came from it'll all work itself out and you're with somebody who is really requiring to have a minimum of $10,000 in the bank, just pulling up a number out of thin air, but you know, in the backup fund. And if it gets below that, you know, the alarm bells start going off, then you, what, what is important or what the one person values, if that doesn't match what the other person feels about money or how they relate to money, it can create a lot of stress. It can also really support each other to let one person's strengths support the other person's challenges and the other way around. So you create an actual team that works together. Yeah. I was just about to say that you're creating a team. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful advice. Thank you for sharing that as well. This is just, you're just like hitting the balls <laughs> out of the park at the moment, Tina. It's incredible. <laughs> the last thing I wanted to ask you about in the article, you suggest that couples write their bucket list with their top uh, 100 new or different things to do and experience in their lives. And can you please explain why this is the best time to be doing this at the moment? Yeah, you know, at the moment, when you, I think one of our core things as a human is we love freedom. You know, we want to be free to be able to do what it is that we love, what, you know, when we want to and with whom we want to. And when you are experiencing literal lockdown of your freedoms, freedom of movement. Hello, yeah. stage four. Yes, at yeah, the moment. right. I mean, oh, my gosh, how that is just like in your face, feeling like all the doors are shutting, the walls start closing in on you. It can be really easy to forget that you could use this time to go, wow, okay, no one has any idea how long this is going to go on for. And everything that that stirs up, let's just release, dissolve, and recalibrate all of that. Now everything that stirs up to be released and all the places, that everything that's, that's locking that in your body and your life to be dissolved and all that energy, it's like fertilizer, you know, that, that just <laughs> recalibrate it with your lights and more space is created. And then from that space, you go, okay, what would be fun? If that bucket list, it's like they say, if you were to, you know, you could die any day, we live in the illusion that we're here forever, even though we know we're not. So if you go, wow, if I were to die tomorrow, what would I absolutely wish to have experienced? And I have a, a beautiful guided journey I take people through to connect in with this where you imagine that you have six months to live and you write down what is truly important, what requires completion, 
What is something, you know, are there any conversations that require that to be cleared up, the air to be cleared? Um, is there anything that you wish that you would have done so that when you get to that last moment, that last breath, that you have no regrets? What's that going to take? Six months gives you a bit of breathing space. Then you speed it up and you go to, I imagine you have one month left to live. What's important now? You have one week left. They have one day left. And when you give yourself the gift of being willing to sit with that, realizing that it could all be over just like that, what is it that you wish to have experienced? What is it that you wish to have done? Is there something that you say, oh, one of these days I would like to? Well, put that on that bucket list. And then if in the family it's a great bonding experience too to say to the kids too you know what is it that you would love to experience what would you love to do and then if you can't do any of these things right now because of restrictions of movement what about having a day where you're going to sit or some time together whether you do it on your own or you do it together and you start having a little browse around oh wow okay let's say you want to go to I don't know, what's something that you would love to experience? Some place to go maybe or something you'd like to experience? Meet me personally? Yeah. Oh, there's definitely some other places in the world that I haven't been able to travel to and, and have missed out on seeing whilst I have been overseas. So that they're the first things that come to mind at the moment. Yeah. So, Rachel, what would be one place that you're like, that would be so much fun to go there. I'd love to go there. Um, uh, top one of the places top of the list is actually the uh, the, the Blue Lagoon in um, Reykjavik in Iceland. It's the oh, the, yeah. um, the outdoor um, yes. geothermal pool. Yeah, that's the top of my yes. list. Oh, beautiful. So then, a fun thing what would be to have a look to see. Okay, you start getting all the pictures of it, and you start being okay. Imagine that you were booking a trip. What are the things that you would want to explore? You'd want to explore your accommodation. You start having a look to see maybe you go on Pinterest and start having a look around. Does anyone have any travel pictures on there from that location? Maybe start having a look to see, okay, what are, um, what are some of the things that you would like to do while you're there? Uh, what are the flights that you could get over there? When would you like to go? And you start just letting yourself gather the images. And if you um, are... If you like doing this stuff online, then actually Pinterest is a great one to create a private board and to make that your, your vision board, you know, and you start putting those images there or you save the images or you take screenshots of them and you print them out and you start actually creating a vision a board. Cardboard. Yeah, a vision board. And then you start creating these experiences together. And you know, how would it feel to have this? One way that was really fun too is like, I was envisioned with certain things. If I had set certain intentions and I think to see, oh my, I have no idea how this is going to happen, yet I can see myself there celebrating having accomplished this dream. And then I see myself with a glass of champagne. So always have a bottle of really great champagne in the fridge so you're ready to celebrate any time and actually drink that champagne. Do what you think you would be doing once you have achieved or accomplished that. And that's stuff that you can do right here, right now. You can start dreaming and scheming, you know, what else would be fun? One of my clients wanted to go skydiving and she's like, then she discovered that you could do indoor skydiving too. She thought, well, maybe that's a little less scary than doing the actual jumping out of a plane. And so, so what will it take to make that happen? So again, yes. not how, how am I going to do this? No, what would it take? How much money would be required? What is, what is required? And you start writing it down and then before you know it, 
this COVID period is a, is a perfect opportunity to start manifesting the things that we want to create yes. and live in the future. But this has been a wonderful chat today, Tina. We've, we've really touched on some incredible subject, subjects. I would love for you to just maybe summarise your key messages that you would like anyone watching and listening to, to have as a takeaway from the interview today. Thank you, Rachel. Yeah, I would say really you are light and you are joy. It is not somewhere to be found outside of you. It is what you are. And sometimes we, you know, when we get caught up in fear or a stress response gets triggered, it dims down our light and we literally dumb down. It's like we don't see the possibilities. So remember that you are light. You are joy. Find out which area would you like to experience more joy and is it more joy in your body more joy in your relationships more joy with money more joy in your business your career your calling then what will it take to bring that in and then go out there and do it and remember that even though it's up to you to do what you came here to do we did not come on this planet alone so reach out for support surround yourself with others who will cheer you on and celebrate the vision that you have and will help you put the steps into place to turn those visions and dreams into reality. That's incredible, for everyone. incredible advice and support today. And if, if parents um, watching and listening have any other questions for you um, and would like to reach out, whereabouts can they find you? Yeah, so if you're on Facebook, um, I started a brand new community that's called the Soul Food Sanctuary where if you're interested in increasing the joy and the prosperity and abundance in all those areas of your life, then there's a, yeah, it's a sacred space to let yourself be filled up and to be surrounded by others who really cherish the light you are. So that's one place. And then, um, of course, my website, tinavandoven.com. And if you'd like to just have a chat, then just schedule in a call and we'll just have a chat and see what you know ways that i might be able to support you sometimes it's just a matter of having a one quick interaction i might be able to have one little tip for you that makes all the difference and um yeah wonderful thank you again for your time and i really look forward to the opportunity of speaking with you again in the not too distant future until then take care and stay safe thanks again tina see ya thank you so much rachel okay take care okay bye I'm Rachel Monteleone and you've been listening to Kittypedia, the podcast. You can have full access to Kittypedia by visiting our website at kittypedia.com.au or following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and YouTube. We're all here to help make the world a better place for our children and for generations to come. You can start today by helping us reach other parents by going to Apple Podcast, subscribe, rate and review this podcast thank you for listening and be sure to give my love to the kids.